wind farm than a school, and it had been the wind that had blown over a sign reading, Gym closed, do not enter, will reopen at 12 p.m. So Steele hadn't seen the sign. His objective had been to put his gym clothes into his assigned locker. It hadn't occurred to him that by arriving to the gym so early he might end up interrupting something. It hadn't occurred to him that by keying in a code on the building's security pad to gain entrance, he might be violating a school rule. The kid who had toured him around the campus on his previous visit had used the code, and still remembered it, just as he remembered everything. Having a security lock on the gym and some of the other buildings had been a curiosity to Steele at the time, but he hadn't said anything. Now, instead of going back to the administration building and asking questions, he simply let himself in, figuring this was how it was done. He'd entered the lobby, and upon hearing voices, had opened the gym doors. What he'd seen had momentarily paralyzed him. Four boys posed down on one knee, facing four mannequins across the gym. There was a coach standing slightly behind them. All four boys were holding long stainless steel tubes to their mouths. On the coach's cue, they fired darts at the mannequin targets. No, the coach said loudly. It's not enough to simply hit the target. These aren't spitballs. The darts must be fired with enough force to result in the injection. Without that, the effort is useless. The idea is to render your opponent unconscious. Blow guns? Steele wondered. How cool is that? He gasped, drawing attention to himself, but wasn't embarrassed to be seen. He would sign up for Blowguns 101 in a nanosecond. He had no way of knowing that because of the lighting he was only seen in silhouette. He assumed they got a good look at him. But he hoped not as the coach shouted, Who's there? Stay where you are! For a moment, Steele didn't process what was going on, didn't realize he was in a closed practice. Then the tension in the coach's voice registered. When the coach spoke to the boys, saying, Well, go get him! Steele stood frozen for a second, as one of the boys, a big guy, stood and came toward him at a full sprint. At that moment, he regretted using the security code to let himself in. He regretted allowing himself to be seen, more than anything, he wanted to do the right thing, given the situation. He took off running. The idea of an upperclassman pursuing him on the first day of school, no less, sent Steele leaping onto and sliding down the staircase's metal handrailing. He rode the next handrail to the facility's lower level. The kid hadn't tried the rail. He stayed to the stairs, buying Steele a few precious seconds. From there he had faced an instant decision and had gone left, because his photographic memory had delivered perfect recall of the layout from his prior tour. A janitor closet. He kept perfectly still inside the sour-smelling closet, his chest burning, his ears ringing, his body rigid in a giant knot. The sound of footfalls. Had he actually seen them firing blow darts, he wondered, sped past the door, then returned in his direction. He heard a nearby door open and close, another, a third, moving steadily closer. He pushed his back into the corner, the dozen broom and mop handles covering him like a lean-to shelter.
he held his breath. The door swung open. A hand slapped the wall for a light switch, but raked the broom handles into a noisy complaint, missing the switch. Steele did not breathe. The door shut, and the footfalls continued one door to the next. At last, there were several long minutes of silence. The pursuit had stopped. He dared a peek out. An exit sign beckoned at the end of the long hall. He ran for it and sneaked outside, taking a deep sigh, his lungs filling with the clean, crisp hilltop air. He was glad to be free, but more pressing was his recollection of the four boys firing darts at dummies, for he could, and did, replay it in his mind exactly as he'd seen it. Why would a school...